Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. There are so many things I've been wanting to share with you all. And as I've been going through my life, moving through it, I've been thinking, wow, this will be a great opener. Oh, yes, this too. And as I sit here today, I can't remember it nor do I have the capacity to look through my journal to see what I had jotted down. And today I'm pivoting because I had planned on recording the podcast about email overload that I promised a while back, but I currently don't have the capacity to dive into that piece. Here's the thing, writing and recording podcasts, they're creative work. And so is work I do coaching leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs. It takes a lot of creative energy and emotional energy and brain juice to be that focused and not know where things are going and work through the mess. And as I sit here with you, it's the end of the week. It's the end of my week and my brain juice and my emotions are tapped out. And I have an understanding of this. I've learned this about myself and gotten much more aware of my emotional bandwidth and my brain juice that I have and where it lies in the week. So this isn't something new. But today is a reflection, not just of a regular work week, it's some other stuff. So when I woke up this morning and really dragging to get up this morning, I even considered not recording today and then doing it on the weekend. Oh, right. It was like that weight of, oh, well, I have that space. I could do it on the weekend. But then I asked myself, what does taking care of me look like for today? And that's a really important question. And so I got up and I went and I made breakfast and I had coffee because one of the things that I've learned (laughs) that I didn't always have was make sure I take care of me before I go do work that's putting out into the world. How often have you said, oh, I don't have time for this and sacrifice? I have a, I think I had a client this week that said they hadn't eaten anything outside of, you know, having coffee. And then I think at a meeting at Starbucks, had something to eat there and there was no time to eat. I know it's so important to nourish ourselves. And when we think about it, how long does it take? Yesterday, I had a situation where I was working through most of my lunch and I only had about 20 minutes before my next client. I thought about, well, you know, because there wasn't my Greek yogurt there. That was like my easy go-to seven minute lunch. And I realized like I've got a long afternoon ahead I need to make sure I fuel. And I did. And thankfully I put in because what happened later in the night, had I not had that would have like totally derailed me even more. Okay. So I've learned to take care of myself. And here's the thing I need to interrupt. I share these stories about me, not because I'm having you process with me. I share these stories because these are the stories that show up with my clients. These are the themes And sometimes because of confidentiality, I can't go into the details. And one of the things that I know is that we love stories. It helps us to be able to see the window of possibility. So when I share these stories, it's not a, oh, here's the protocol and you must follow it to do your life. It's 
what nuggets of information can you take and apply as well as does it create the windows of possibility where you see this and then it helps you see maybe areas of your own life and the ability to move through it. So I share these stories because this is how we learn by stories. It makes it much more tangible than just talking about the facts, right? The facts are life is a challenge. When you're challenged, you ask yourself what you need to take care of yourself. What is taking care of yourself? You do small steps. That's a 90 second podcast. But those three steps don't stay within our souls and help us move forward. Then we have a harder time to attach them. There are some people that really like that and don't like stories. But I imagine if you're here, you like stories, right? I like stories. That's how I learn. That's the stuff that I hold on for decades are those stories, people's stories. I'm a story collector. So after considering not recording the podcast today and doing it on the weekend, and I even gave myself permission. And then I thought like, okay, is that really what I want to do? And I thought, well, you know, I'll go ahead and write the podcast and then I'll go out and get some sunlight and then come back later in the day, even if that means coming back this evening and doing it. So I gave myself some space. And I, one of the things that I know is I need space. I do a lot. I have a very full life, a very full, you know, business, but I need space. And especially when I'm in a place of my own just challenges. So I gave myself that permission. So I ate and I was, I was considering that all the things. And then I started asking myself some more, what is taking care of me look like for today? And here's the thing, my head and my body said, at least write or review a podcast. One of my podcasts that I've written and I checked in my head and my body both aligned. It wasn't just my head overwriting for so many decades. It was my head overwriting based on cultural programming, based on family of origin beliefs, based on, you know, what I was supposed to do versus was my body aligned with that as well. And by saying, I want to review or, you know, write a podcast, this allowed me to take a step forward instead of hiding and going back to bed or just coming into the office. And I've done this before, come into the office and do busy work, but not really get shit done. Right. And be after the end of the day, go, ugh. I was slogging through and what a day, right? So I didn't hide away. That's a small step, right? I finished breakfast, which is that new skill set that I talked about. Then I realized my next small step was I didn't have it in me to record the podcast on email overload because there's quite a bit of editing that I need to do with that show, or at least the story in my head is, right? And that's going to require lots of brain juice lots of time, which I don't have the messy creative space for, nor the energy to put it out here and be able to amplify it. So I gave myself permission to then do today's show. Life is challenging. This is a topic that I've been wanting to do a show about for a while. It's been a topic that comes up with a lot of clients and I've been planning on it. And for me, it was like, yes, that can come really easily to me. I can still honor doing my writing the podcast meeting the deadline with my production team of getting it recorded today so they can do all the stuff that they need to do over the next couple weeks and it can get out to you. And it's that Venn diagram I talk about, right? Like, okay, so all I said was, I'm just going to write this. I'm going to allow myself one to pivot the topic that was planned for today to something else. And two, then I thought, okay, I can write. And then the step four was, as I was writing this show this morning, 
I started to feel better. I started to get out of my, you know, fog and struggle. And I started to feel better. And I decided actually, I was like, well, life is challenging and, you know, I'm going through challenges. So I'll just share what it's like behind the scenes of struggle and how to move forward. Because what I know for sure is we all have days of struggle. We all have moments of struggle, days of struggle, weeks of struggle. And for some, they have months of struggle. And what I know now that I didn't know decades ago is that we all struggle and we can move through the struggle to the other side. You know, over the, I don't know, 800 podcasts that I've done and probably 600 of them that have been with interviews of all these thought leaders, researchers, successful people. When I first started the show over 16 years ago, I naively thought, oh, they're the chosen one. What can I learn from them so I don't have these challenges? And the thing that I got consistently from every guest that I've had on the show is they've all had struggles and challenges. So my friend, you're not alone. And that's really, really important for us to realize we're not alone. Because when life is challenging, we often go into thinking we're the only one. And that adds so much extra pain. I can even feel as I say this to you here, and that belief that we're the only one, how much that pulls down on me because I believe that belief too, and it's not true. We all struggle and we can and will move through the struggle to the other side. That I know for sure. We may not know what the timeline will be that will occur, but I know that it's not a permanent situation. I partner with my clients, right? Like I I partner with them. I carry a lot of the emotional load with them in our coaching partnership. And like, I think about this one client who is a very successful entrepreneur, is also a creative in this work and really had to take time off at the end of the year, like from Thanksgiving on and was beating herself up. Like, really, is this allowed? How's this going to impact my revenue? You know, I don't want to fail my family. And I kid you not, like just this past week, you know, so it took her about four weeks or so after the new year where she came in and revitalized and excited to do her business again, but she needed to take that time off. And the numbers worked out right in her business. She's been able to, her business keeps going because we all have responsibilities, right? And I think magical thinking is like, oh, if you're really rich, then you can take the time off because you have all this money. We all have responsibilities. It just looks different. And some of us may not have as much freedom to take off that much time because maybe you get paid by the work, you know, the time that you put in and you can't do that. We all have different constraints. But I knew that when she was in that struggle, I had faith that she's going to be able to move through it, right? I've worked with her for a number of years. I knew this. I've done this pattern with lots of people. So remember, when you think you're the only one and it's never going to end, we just don't know the timeline and we can move through it. The last podcast was I'm struggling, right? Because I was supposed to do the email overload podcast and I said, okay, I'm struggling. And then this week like has been a really good week. And I know that Januarys are just tend to be harder, right? It's a little bit of seasonal stuff for me. It started the new year and, you know, the a lot of energy at the end of the year being depleted too. So I know that, but this week has been a pretty good week. And then there's been like a series of different circumstances that all correlate to this old traumatic situation inside of me and my trauma wiring. It was hard, you know, like last night, my husband came home and 
I was on my Peloton and just lots and lots of tears. So for those of you, because I know some of my clients don't like to cry, like there were lots and lots of tears and what Oprah would call the ugly cry. I did that, right? On the Peloton, I listened to Tunde because I needed her energy and I cried. And I then had dinner and I asked him if, you know, he could clean the kitchen himself or if he would like me to. And then he said he was fine. And I went and took a bath. And that was a way of taking care of me. I moved my body. I found support on my Peloton with a teacher who has strong, powerful messaging and I needed her energy. I needed to get some of the stuff that was inside of me out. I nourished myself with food. And then I went and sat in water because that's so important for me. Right. And I still had a rough night of sleep. <laughs> Just so I took care of myself. That's what it really looks like. Right. That's what it really looks like. And, you know, I had that rough night of sleep. My mind raced. And so the other thing that I do is when my I've learned is I know how to do mindset stuff and thought work and all of that. But me and darkness, it's much better than it used to be. And so I just turn on audiobooks. So right now I've been listening to Spare. I've reround it so many times because I fall asleep towards it. But Prince Harry is in my head and way better when I'm in the darkness of night right now to listen to him talk about the firm and the monarchy. But I kept waking up last night, right? My mind was racing and I kept waking up, going back to sleep, struggling to go back to sleep. And, you know, also this is partly, you know, thank you, menopause right? Because I have this internal burning oven inside of me in the darkness of night. Like all of a sudden it's like, whoosh, it turns on and I am just burning for a person who's been freezing for the last 10 years. Like, wow. So had some circumstances that ignited some old trauma in my body and soul, right? That this week and didn't have a good night's sleep. And (laughs) I'm going through menopause, which is one of itself right? So I woke up this morning with a heavy heart and a brain that was depleted and a soul in struggle. The upside of this struggle, what I know now a days is to ask myself, what do I need? A magical thinking version of me a long time ago had been like, I need these problems to go away. I need to live happily ever after, right? That's not how it works. Life's not a fairy tale. So my brain, I've practiced it long enough. I don't go to that default anymore what do I need? That's the important question. What do I need? And asking with curiosity and without judgment. And here's the thing, like you, because you can say, oh, well, you're an entrepreneur and you can just do whatever you want. Well, I have responsibilities, right? I have a company, I have clients that I have contracts with and agreements with that I need to follow through on. I have employees that I'm responsible for and I have deliverables to them as well as making sure that the company does well, right? I have family, I have friends going through their own struggles, right? I have all of that. And I have this old mindset from when I was a college swim coach of there are no sick days in coaching. Yeah, that voice is still there. And I realized there are no sick days, but what can I do? So I have, you know, where's that Venn diagram? So like the idea about friends going through their own struggles. Last night I had gotten an email and a friend is really struggling right now. Parenting is challenging, right? Parenting is the hardest thing that I do day in and day out. And it's way harder than making money. So I have a friend that's going through some challenges and I thought, oh, I'll call her. I didn't have it in me last night. Again, remember there was some stuff that was going on. So didn't have it last night, but I was like, I'll call her tomorrow. You know, get like my podcast done and I've got to do some stuff to 
recertify for, you know, being a coach and all that. And then I was like, I'll have some time in the afternoon. I can reach out and check in on her. And as I was getting ready this morning, or as I was washing my dishes, let's be clear. And I was thinking, because I do a lot of good thinking by water. I thought, you know, my heart is too heavy. I'm in too much of my own struggle right now. I don't have the capacity to hold somebody else's emotions. So what I will do is I will send her a text and reach out that way and let her know that, you know, that's my capacity because I'm, I'm going through some hard stuff as well, because I want to be there for her with the capacity that I have. My friend, this is how we do it in real life. It's not this black and white, right? Constantly, my clients are going into, it's either this or this, like they're binary choices. If I'm a good friend, I sacrifice myself and I call them, even though I have nothing to give. If I did that, what I know about myself now, right? And I've seen this happen with my clients is that if I do that and I give there, there's going to be some further shit show, really volcanic eruption. And it can be a sabotage, you know, of eating food that doesn't serve me, right? Staying up too late, watching Netflix, being on my Instagram and being really angry with myself. So it, it comes back to like me having a harmful relationship with myself or with those that I love, right? Being snarky with them. You know, one of the things that Brene says is that we run over the people we love to impress the people on the outside, right? And that would be an example. It's like, I want to be a good friend to my friend. That's really important to me. But I also have to take care of me so that I can be there for her in the long run. And we forget that. So my being able to support her is to send her a text. That is my capacity for today. And remember that timeline. I know I will get better and move through this and I'll have more capacity. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people in your life they're going to judge you and say, why can't you just text back? Because it seems to them that it's an easy thing just to text back. But when you're in struggle, texting may not be something you can do. When you're in struggle, when I'm in struggle, I couldn't look through my journal to remember the fun, you know, kind of crannish, weirdish things that I like that I want to share with you, right? So like example, Formula One, I'm a big Formula One fan. One of my clients is going to give me some McLaren stuff because she was at an event and McLaren was there. And so she has some McLaren stuff. I'm really excited about that, right? There's these little things that I enjoy and I share with you. And then it creates a point of connection. But I don't have the capacity to look in my journal to go through and bring these tidbits. And so I just shared that with you. I was like, okay, it's not going away. I can share it further. But people may not give you the compassion because they may think a text isn't that hard. But sometimes a text can be really hard when life is challenging, when you're in struggle, or when you read a text and then you forget to respond. That's one of the ones that I've got to go back to. And that's for Girl Scout cookies. Like that's what happens, right? We've got so much coming at us. Okay. So yes, I have responsibilities. You have responsibilities. And sometimes we're doing what we can do. And it's also helpful to have somebody else who can maybe, if you can't see it, who can maybe see other options. So in addition to, you know, like I talked about my company responsibilities, all of that, I have a production deadline, you know, I have a production team, I have a staff that takes the raw recording of the show and then put it up and then it gets put out and you guys get it emailed and it goes out into all the distribution channels that we're on. So there's this production team and there's a commitment of this is when 
I will make sure that these get to you, right? And these are important boundaries. And this is like the shit show that creates so much chaos for all of my clients in the world of work. Like people don't respect deadlines, right? So it's really important to me. It's in, in my own integrity to make sure that I honor the commitments that I have with others. I want to make sure I do my part because I want to treat people with the respect of here's the deadline. I'm going to do this. And that's how we build trust, right? Because I see the shit shows that go on day to day in all these companies throughout the world for my clients. And this is a big struggle. It's a boundary issue, right? And it's also trust breaking when we don't respond to deadlines, when we don't do things. And it doesn't mean doing it hundred percent perfectly. So having the space as well as building trust over time and being consistent over time. So I have a production team. I have a deadline. The show is supposed to go out today. You know, and there is that in the entertainment business, not that I consider myself an entertainer, but like there's that and the show must go on, right? So now I have alternatives for originally it was, I will just write something and I can come back tonight and record. The thing is, is that as I took these small steps today, it allowed me to take care of me and to show up for you. Note it was an and, it wasn't either or, it was an and. This is the Venn diagram because we all have struggles. And when we go through struggles, we need to ask ourselves, what do we need? And then asking myself, what does taking care of me look like? Getting this podcast done today was huge for me. I really wanted to get it done today. It's Friday. I wanted to get it done because I wanted to have the space for the weekend. I have some plans and then I have a day of really a lot of solitude for me because I need to do some just healing inside. I need to spend some time with me and filling myself up so that I can continue to take care of my responsibilities through next week. And the other thing is I have planned because I, when I was thinking about what do I need, I need to get into the sun, which is interesting because I've spent so much time hiding from the sun as a swimmer and as a swim coach living in California, but I really need to get into the sun. I need some vitamin D. It's been shining all week and I've been indoors. I need some nature for my soul. And so this ignited me to not go into hiding, right? Sit in my office or even go back into bed or, you know, so whether sitting in my office and doing unproductive work, which is what I will do sometimes because I'm like, no, these are my office hours. I must go in. And so I blocked off. I was like, okay, and once I'm done with breakfast, I'm going in, I'm going to write. And that was all I was going to do. And then I was was writing. I was starting to feel better. I had more energy and these small steps. This is what leads to momentum. This is what leads to motivation, right? It's taking the small steps. It's not about being motivated in that moment, getting really clear on your why, getting clear on what you need, getting clear about what are the responsibilities that you have, reevaluating your day and going, okay, what must be done? And what is maybe not as big of a priority? What can be moved? So I blocked off time and I write and I got into movement and I got into more being more motivated. And now I'm here recording with you. The other thing is, is I don't have a belief anymore that life is not supposed to be challenging or that I've done enough work or that I have enough tools and my life will no longer be challenging. Like I live in the promised land. Don't you want to be like me? We hear a lot of that messaging out there. Look at my great life. This is what I do. I'm a coach. I have this perfect life. Like, no, there is not a person that I have met, a thought leader, a person, a position of power, right? That 
has successful Olympians, like all leaders of industry, Fortune 100 people, like everybody has challenges and struggles. They just may not share it with you because one is they don't know how it's too vulnerable, or maybe we haven't earned the right to hear it. And that's okay too. But everybody has challenges and that's what's so important. So that's why I wanted to do a podcast for you about life is challenging. I use myself as the example, not because I was wanting to process with you. I've done a whole lot of processing, but I use myself as the example that life is challenging so we can go through. This is what it looks like. What nuggets can you take from this and apply? And maybe it's the aspect of common humanity. I'm not the only one right? I know my clients sometimes appreciate, I'm real with them. I'm like, look, I live an amazing life and there are shit shows, right? Like there are, and there are parts of my life that are amazing. And I'm so grateful and I have privilege or I've created a life of privilege. It's all of that. And it's messy. And that allows me to rumble and do hard things and to, you know, have courageous conversations to, to do difficult work is allowing the space for the mess. And it's now also allowing the space for the challenges. So letting go of this belief of life is not supposed to be challenging, or once you have done enough work or have enough tools that life won't be challenging. This topic comes up time and time again with my clients, relationship, car, house, job, money, degree, or degrees, child, going to a fancy school, right? Child going to fancy school, child getting married, grandchild, all those life events. I've coached all of my clients for all those life events. There's this belief that once we get there, we won't have these challenges. Once this all happens, there won't be challenges. I'm not trying to be like, you know, a doomsday person. There will be challenges. And I don't think it's a doomsday to have challenges because actually this is part of what makes us stronger and more resilient and we don't need to go looking for them. <laughs> we don't need to go looking for them because there will be challenges. They will show up, right? I didn't go looking for my challenges this week and they showed up and they showed me where some area that I need to do some work because there's some still some internal wiring that created that deep pain for me. And it could be that you think, oh, once I feel worthy, right? Once I have create healthy relationships and let go of the toxic people that I won't have challenges. Well, that doesn't happen either, right? We can let go of a lot of people. We can create a lot of stuff and there's going to be challenge. That's the one thing for certain in this thing we call life. There'll be challenges. Just for those of us who may have noticed, I know a lot of my clients ask me about, am I drowning in California? Cause there's been so much rain. The first month of 2023, California got hit with a wide range of challenges, whether it was the water and the rain and the weather and wind and trees falling down and power outages and flooding, right? There's been, unfortunately, mass shootings that have been going on in our state. So we've been hit with a lot of challenges this month. There have been job layoffs that have been happening, right? There are challenges. That is what happens. I think we think once we get out of the challenge, we won't have to go back there. There's always going to be challenges. And as you have challenges you face instead of hide away from, it's how you move through them. Do you argue inside of your brain that this shouldn't be happening? Do you beat yourself up about this happening? Do you judge yourself that you are weak to think this is a challenge? My friend, none of those are compassionate ways of being. That's not how we deserve to treat ourselves. 
And in fact, that's an example of the concept of dirty pain. The clean pain is the struggle, the challenge that we're going through. The dirty pain is from our brain and it's usually programmed by our cultural programming bullshit. So instead, I invite you to accept when life is challenging. Accept it means not like, oh, life is challenging. I'm going to hide in bed. But accept like, oh, right now, life is challenging. Right now, I am struggling, right? Like as, as I shared with you last night, I struggled. I cried on my Peloton. I had to make a decision of how do I take care of me? And even when there are people reaching out, I was like, I need to get on the bike to move. And I turned it on and I cried. And I share that I cried because I can't tell you how many clients this week who didn't want to cry. And one said, that's not who I am. Yes, a powerful leader. We need to let it out because keeping it down doesn't allow us to move through it. I used to never cry, but I cried and I released it. And that's been part of my healing. So when I say accept life is challenging, it doesn't mean like, oh, well, this is it. This is as good as it gets because we all know I hate that saying. But accept that life is challenging. Life is challenging with the understanding that we can't outmaneuver all of life's challenges, right? We can't create a life that we're bubble wrapped where we don't ever have challenges in life. That's not realistic, right? That's perfection is actually what it is. It's like, let me make this perfect little life, but really perfection's the birthplace of shame, right? You can make shit loads of money. When I was a poor kid, I used to think, man, once I make enough money, I'm never going to have challenges. I'm going to have, have security. I won't have challenges. I'll just live. My life will be, you know, a Super Bowl commercial, just lots of fun. Fantastic, right? <laughs> yeah, making shit tons of money. There's still challenges. And I think that's part of what happens when we see successful people and they open up about their struggles, their mental health struggles. They open up about their family struggles. They open up and we're like, but wait, we thought you had everything, right? Those are examples. And it emotionally hooks us. We start to pay attention to their stories because we had this belief, this false belief that once you attain whatever it is, you will be safe. You won't have challenges. I had a show with one of my former swimmers who's successful, maybe remember, and we'll put the link in the show notes of swimming and cancer, but I interviewed her about her cancer and I knew her and I think she was about 31 when we did the interview, maybe 30. I can't remember now, but she, you know, I've known her since she was six and she was this bright, enthusiastic human with zest, right? I called her and her nickname was Munchkin. And she just, she just had all this zest and I just loved being with her. She had incredible energy and she was a delight. And then in my town, right, she's the epitome of success. And so therefore she's on this path for a great life, right? Because she was smart, well-liked, a kind human, a great competitor, an awesome teammate to have. She was a varsity athlete, letterman athlete or letter, I don't know, whatever you call it, but of five different varsity sports in one year, right? So like the total overachiever, an incredible athlete, set records, you know, in our section in swimming, one section's went on to Stanford in aquatics, also played water polo. And then she went to great Yale, worked a bit and then went to Yale for law grad school. And she was doing two majors, right? And it was there that her cancer showed up. So she'd done all the right things. And I remember when her dad called me to tell me, and I was, I was trying to comprehend like, wait, how, how can she have cancer? She's young, she's healthy, she's vibrant. How can she have cancer? 
And I remember sitting down in this very chair that I'm sitting in right now and going, shit, as a parent, as somebody who cares about other humans, we're never safe. We can do all the right things, but we're never safe. We're always going to be vulnerable. There will be challenges that we didn't create. So we're not safe from loss. That's what we're not safe from. And while we've been programmed to believe that once those that we care about attain the right path, then we'll be safe. We're never safe from loss. So my friend, we need to stop arguing with reality that life shouldn't be challenging. That will allow us to go about healing and thriving in our lives despite the challenges. Healing and thriving are a part of me today. And as I record this show for you, I do feel a bit better because I'm honoring my commitments to myself and how I want to show up in the world, right? With the energy, not about a presentation. Like I'm messy. This is a shit show. I'm like, you know, bearing some insights. I'm not bearing it when I was really deep in the shit show. <laughs> that would have been a big mess, right? But I've done a lot. I've done some healing since of that. And I'm using my world as a story, as an example, not because this is the only way, right? But it's a story. We all have stories and our stories matter. And the reason I'm able to do this is because I've been kind to myself since last night, getting on that bike, asking my husband, you know, if he needed help and, you know, could I go instead, go take a bath while he cleaned up the kitchen? It's that Venn diagram again taking care of myself, continuously asking myself what I need and pivoting and getting clear about what really is important today and what can I let go of or what do I need to, what do I want to follow through on? I didn't force a shit on myself. I didn't force myself. I nourished myself with food and coffee because we know coffee is really important to me. I explored what does taking care of me look like for today. I took small steps. One was not having to edit the other show, right? Going into the writing of that. Two is doing a different topic for today. Three was writing it and not having to record it. And then eventually I came in and recorded it. Each of these steps helped me go through from it all being too much to taking one step at a time and continuing to check in and seeing if this is indeed taking care of me. If I hadn't, I would have stopped at some point in the process. And you may ask, how do I know this? A couple weeks ago, I wrote that email overload podcast and I was pushing through because I wanted to get it done. I was pushing through until I asked myself, what does taking care of myself look like? And once I finished writing my shitty first draft, because it's truly a shitty first draft, I stopped writing. And I gave myself permission. And then the next day I came in and I did a different show, right? Because I was struggling. Actually, it wasn't, it was a few days later I came back and I did a different show to share with you that I had been struggling that day. Because I think it's really important that we have common humanity and we realize, right, that there's no one that has it all together that isn't struggle. And we often think that when people have platforms or success that they don't have struggles. And we all have struggles. So my friend, in closing, let's not argue with reality. Life is challenging and maybe not all aspects, 
or all the time, but definitely challenging. Often people are surprised to hear this affirmation from me as they are thinking, this shouldn't be happening. You know, this shouldn't be happening mean life shouldn't be challenging or I'm doing it wrong. And that's why it's challenging. No, my friend, life is challenging. Let's breathe in and breathe out. Life is challenging. And so what does taking care of yourself look like right now? What are the responsibilities that either you must do or actually feels better for you to do them than not and take it step by step and continue to take care of you? I'm doing that with me. Big hugs, my friend. Hey, If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know, what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. I'm smiling big for you. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.